I search for three days and there's 15 videographers, I want you. And that's a good feeling because I'm doing what I wanna do and the couples want me versus, yeah, this looks nice and let's just go with that. Michael, what episode is this? Episode 34. Episode 34 of the Real Talk Podcast. It's your host, Joey. And Thomas. And if you like what you're hearing, please like, subscribe, and comment down below. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> you know. Been a, been a little bit. Been a little bit, but I think I'm ready. You went to, uh, where'd you go? Key West? I went to Key West. You had, you had a wedding. I had a wedding. I was in the wedding. wedding. Yeah, I did the, the best man speech. I'm at a wedding. wedding this summer, too. Oh, I'm excited for that one. I'm killing it. We're doing the universe knows. Oh, we also got the cover Bridgewater Lifestyle. Bridgewater Lifestyle. Yeah, buddy. Bridgewater Lifestyle. Tate made an appearance on there. Tate made an appearance. Hopefully, Tate's gonna get his own cover. Yeah, hopefully next month. We're hopefully crossing our fingers. We had a lot of votes. I yeah. know we did. We had to have. Yes, sir. But my brother, who we got on today? Today we have Matt Alt, legendary wedding filmmaker, travels the world shooting weddings and is one of the best wedding filmmakers that I know. Everybody welcome, Matt Alt. Let's do it. What's going on, man? I like the tattoo. Yeah, just got it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Been getting tatted recently. It's just a panther with a, you know. Dagger going through his hat. Very traditional. (laughs) What'd you think your first hat? It was was an experience for sure. You know, just getting tatted. You're tatted up. You're tatted up all over your arm. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. Yeah. I stopped, I stopped giving a fuck after I realized I'm not going back to the corporate world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I'm thinking about getting up full sleeve now and dude. all that stuff, yeah. So so I wanted to bring Matt all on because he has like um, an eye for weddings, right? Like yeah. pretty much that's, that's pretty much all you shoot. All, not all you shoot, but like that's pretty much primarily what you shoot, right? Yeah, the majority. And yeah. how did you get into it like at first? Did you always know you wanted to shoot weddings or like did you shoot stuff before that? Yeah, so with weddings... um. I think you were a part of it, yeah. possibly with Enchanted Celebrations. Oh, uh, we celebrate. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, so I think that's like the first gig and like just was like, oh, $75 an hour. Like, that's absolutely crazy. Yeah. You know, and then you realize that you're only working once a week and $75 an hour isn't enough. Yeah. So Not once a week. <laughs> no, yeah. not at all. So, uh, yeah, that's how I got into it. Uh, started at Rutgers and just was doing like sports media and stuff for like athletics and stuff. And then created my own LLC, started doing weddings, and just really threw myself into working for other studios at first. And then, you know, did so much of that, and then eventually built my own business to, you know, do it for myself. Do you think working for the studios helps uh, wedding filmmakers at first, or like people are getting their foot in their door? Yeah, I think it's good to kind of see that spectrum of it, just because, you know, it's it's completely different than running your own business and it's you get used to shoot in and all that's all it is, right? Shoot in, being on time and just like getting the flow of like the wedding day. But um yeah, it's one of those things that, you know, I I know a lot of people that still just work for studios and it's great. Um but there's no business side of it. There's no really creative outlet. They kinda want the same exact things. Um, they just want it to be clean and good, right? Mm-hmm. So after a while, what happened to me is I lost all my creativity because I was just, I felt like I was just a robot doing the same thing for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when you're doing two to three a weekend, you know, um, it just got very monotonous. Yeah. So, yeah. Was it like coming from like shooting sports at Rutgers? Like, is there things from that that you were able to like carry over? Did, did you feel like I'm just in new waters and it was, 
you know, it was similar just because like it's very run and gun, yeah. especially with some of the sports we were doing. It was very spontaneous. It wasn't like live broadcast of the Rutgers football games. It was like, all right, let's create a video of a live event at like, uh, you know, the big chill yeah. or something like that that Rutgers has. So it was, it was really just like being on the go. And I'd say like weddings for the most part, it's just run and gun the whole time um, where it's like, you know, this is a beautiful setup here. And you have time to like make it what it is. Weddings, you can't do that really. Maybe yeah. for the toast, you can do that. But you go into like bride prep and there's like stuff around the room. You got to move the chairs around. Yeah. It's it's very, you got to think on your feet. Yeah, like weddings, you can have like all the information in the world. But yeah. like, as soon as you walk into that bridal suite, like you really don't know what you're going to get. So it's like going from to shoot weddings to anything that's like more, you know, with a team and like production yeah. is very comes off very easy yeah um where i feel like if i went the other way around it would be much harder because you know i'm the sound guy for a wedding i'm the lighting guy too unless we have a team like sometimes there is another videographer but for the most part it's like you're the sound guy you're the lighting guy you're like kind of set design if something's in the background yeah. you want to move it and you still have to get the right frame in make the bride look good so it's it's a lot of work especially if it's solo um so yeah, it's just one of those things I got really good at, and I solo shoot most of the weddings too. Um, so it's shout out solo wedding videography. Yeah, yeah. is that Imagine not it's hard. It's not easy? Break your bow. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. I, I just started bringing assistants on just to like collect audio after the ceremony and stuff. But I think like having a team is good. It's just a matter of if the person has the budget or not. Yeah, because you know bringing somebody else on, you got to factor that in. Um, so it's it definitely helps. I started to notice it helps, but you know most of my films are solo shot. Damn. Yeah. What? Well, why? Why the the solo shooting? And how do you make that work throughout the day? Because there is so much to do, right? Yeah. Whether carrying your gear, plugging in audio, how? What things and like what tips do you have for solo wedding shooters? Sure. Um. Yeah. There's so many tips. Honestly, uh, for any of the formalities, you got to play it safe. Mm. You know, you can't be as creative. You got to yeah. get the bride walking down the aisle. You don't want to try to like do something crazy where if you miss it then you're done like yeah. you can't do another wedding like that's like the most important moment of their life right um so it's like playing it safe and then if you are just starting out just play it safe the whole entire day um just because you can't redo it and you're solo um so that's like the hardest thing really is just trying to figure out your style and like what you like to shoot when you can't mess up anything where it's like if you're on set you could be like okay take two mm -hmm weddings there's a timeline for everybody and you got to work with other vendors so like the photographer too so if you're like oh wait let me get this get this you're also cutting into their mm -hmm. other vendor so it's like you really have to be able to nail it right away and be time efficient how important do you feel like it is to be on like the same page as the photographers because it's i know for us like there's days we show up to weddings and like you're on the same page and then like the photographer will step in your shot yeah they just <laughs> don't to their own it's important like honestly like i have like some like recommendations when couples like reach out and stuff but um i found that since i'm always kind of working with different photographers is a lot of my couples as a as in since like covid have been finding photographers that kind of match my style mm -hmm. they're like oh i think you guys would work well together yeah. which is awesome it's like they're like natural light a little yeah. bit of mood and like just like more about like candidness versus like getting um you know a photographer that's like you know maybe superposed the whole time and yeah. like 
you know, has this whole thing. Um, a lot of the times actually my couples have been doing it for me is like matching up with a photographer that kind of, you know, it fits my style, That's awesome. um, which is cool. But yeah, I think, uh, some couples too, they also want that photo video team, but it's also harder to find like the best of each exactly. for, cause like there's all these studios, right? They do photo and then it's like a video add on especially the bigger studios. Mm. So it's like to find somebody that's really good at video, they probably have their own company where with photo, they probably have their own company too. So it's like this mix for the couples that they have to make. And a lot of it too is like, you know, being able for the couple at least to trust you as a vendor to be like, okay, I work with them. So what I tell them is like, I go off the photographer's timeline. And and early, in the earlier days, like when shooting through studios, uh, did you, how did you, uh, get the experience to be like, all right, I'm confident to go on my own. Or like, can you talk about like the early days, like in the studio? Yeah. So I guess like in the studio is just, they really, you just get thrown into it. Yeah. <laughs> it's lo- literally like some studios I would have three in a weekend, which is crazy. I'll never do three again. It's way too much. <laughs> um, but you know, you just get thrown into it. Like you might even get a timeline on a Wednesday. Uh, I feel like photo is more hands-on with like calling the couple video. It's like you kind of just show up as a freelancer. That's, that's what I always say. It's like, well, you know, we'll zoom with the couple and they'll give us like the photographer's timeline. Yeah. Things. And that's kind of what you go you off just of. Just go off of it. Because like photographer, they like- it takes like, more time. Couples definitely want more like specific photos and like they, they, they see things in magazines. They're like, I feel like a lot of times they're going off of like the structure that they know they're yeah. going to do. So like videographers, like, yeah, there's things I need and want, yeah, yeah. but I can really just kind of work around, yeah. work around them. Yeah, exactly. So it's like just going off their timeline or just like following like yeah. the wedding planner's timeline just makes it easier. Um, and couples like that because then, you know, we're not, you know, in competition of what's what. And, um, you know, with the photographer's timeline, they're going to have a certain shot list that they got to get like bridal party combinations, yeah. family combinations, whereas video, it's like, we don't really have a shot list. It's like, you know, as you see with like the studios, it's like they want that cheering shot. They want like oh, a couple family shots. Mm-hmm. Um, so video doesn't have a shot list. The most I've ever heard was like, you know, we have a special first dance. Can you get that? Yeah. You know, there's no shot list really or like, oh, we're doing an exit or yeah. something like that. But there's no like requests really. Um, for, this is from the freelance side. For my own company, it's a little bit different. But, you know, going back in the day, like, I think it's just like really just whatever was on the studio's website, replicating that mm. and just like doing exactly that. Um, where versus when you're, when you have your own company, you could really start experimenting with like different types of styles and stuff where if you're working for somebody else and they get something else and they give it to their editor and say it's like mid-year, they'll be like, what is this? Yeah, You know, because they're not used to it. They're used to okay, if there isn't a bridal party, where's the bridal party shots? And their editor will, like, the studio will call you and be like, where's these shots? So they expect the same exact thing. So I guess, like, just starting off as, like, solo for freelancing, it's just, like, you know, do what's on their website already and mm-hmm. don't try to reinvent the wheel because I don't think that's what they're looking for. It's probably good because, like, you learn somewhat of, like, a blueprint of, like, like, safety shots it, yeah like you learn the safety shots like that's yeah. what i learned from joe is like all right he had a blueprint of how he filmed stuff but then now when i go out it's like all right i know what needs to be got and then yeah. i know what like i can kind of spend more time being more creative and honestly it depends on like your location i mean you could be like just in a i mean we've been in some crazy places before it's where like there's no scenery there's there's oh nothing. yeah he's got to like 
shoot it. You, you know? know exactly. I want to talk about like that your first one. Do you remember your first wedding? Yeah, it was a uh, Westmount Country Club. I actually shot everything for the most part on a fifty. Mm. And when I look back at that footage, I was like, "This is really good." Like, <laughs> now I shoot only on primes. Like I don't use zooms, mm. but like um, I feel like that was kind of risky to do because. You know, as starting out, you should probably use a Zoom because you don't know exactly where to be and you, you yeah. don't know the room sizes. You've never been to that venue. But yeah, I, I feel like you could shoot a whole day on 50 and make it work. Um, it was at the Westmount. I don't remember what the couple really looked like. <laughs> it was for some studio and like... Were you lead shooting or were you second shooting? I was just solo shooting. They just, they just put you on. on. Yeah. yeah. Not shooting a wedding ever before. No. Yeah. Did you know like the, the general rundown of how a wedding worked? at all or you just kind of just went there just just at the roll with the punches um you know what back in the day there used to be well it's still there but like with craig adams and like went in film school mm-hmm. of just like how to film a wedding mm-hmm. that was like the blueprint for everybody i feel like yeah um and then you know just watching those videos that's been back when sliders were a thing and like no like electronic gimbals were really even yeah. around it was just literally it was Completely never that. You know, that you, was, you had to do a sliding shot for the the details and like yeah, that nobody does that anymore. Maybe like a slide in time lapse on a motorized slider now could be cool, yeah. but like nobody does that. And like I remember having to have like a slider on top of my tripod, <laughs> like tipping over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The rat rails. It was absolutely crazy. Like just like thinking about like what it's been. Now I shoot most of my weddings for formalities with tripods, but like everything else handheld. Mm-hmm. So it's like completely switched that mindset of just like need needing to do what everyone else is doing. Um, yeah, I used to be like gimbal for studios and then I was like monopod for my own company. And then I started to do some destination weddings and I didn't want to like pack a lot of tripods and stuff. So I started to shoot everything handheld. That's how I kind of got into like the handheld look. Mm-hmm. And like, um, you know, cameras have amazing stabilization now. Yeah. Um, but it's really interesting just being that free, being handheld and not having to think, especially when you're like in a city or environment of like, I need this huge gimbal. Um, completely changed the way I look at it, just like filming in general. Damn. But just going handheld, yeah. Do you think a lot of the videographers focus too much on the gear now? Yeah, way too much. Yeah. Because uh, it's going to be all kind of outdated. There's always going to be something new that yeah. comes out. Um, like, even with, like, drone footage, like, I have, like, this one one film I think I did in, like, early 2019. It was, like, uh, when the the Mavic Mini came out, just shot 1080. But I was shooting in, like, Cali, and, like, so many people said, oh, this footage looks insane. It was just the right light in. It was 1080p. And, like, it looks absolutely sick, the drone mm-hmm. footage. And it's like now there's like these drones that are like five thousand dollars that do like ProRes raw and like honestly you wouldn't tell much of a difference because it's just like the right light and stuff. So I think it's more important to focus on light in composition and all that stuff. And sound, um, yeah, sound sound is super important. Can you touch on like why, um, like why you strictly shoot on primes? Like for our viewers, we really don't touch into too much of like the, the technical behind the scenes of yeah, of, like. Yeah, like cameras that people are using and like their lenses and why they're using them. Um, like we know obviously the benefit of using prime lenses, but can you explain like why you decided to make that shift? Yeah, um, I think the main reason is because you actually don't have to think as much. So like most people think, oh, because I use a zoom, you know, I'm more flexible. But when you're, after you've been in enough situations, um, the only times when I really have to change my primes around 
is if it's a super short like aisle with yeah. the bride coming down like then i probably wouldn't use a longer prime lens i'd probably like shoot on a 50 or something like that yeah. um but the thing with a prime is you get a consistent look throughout all your films where if you're shooting 24 like there's a there's nothing wrong with this too there's i think that new canon 24 to 70 it's like f2 mm. so many people rock it it's like the biggest <laughs> And there's nothing wrong with that at all. And it's like, it gives you like that depth of field and it looks really good. But the thing is, is that, you know, you might get a little bit lazy with your shots. Yeah. That's what starts to happen when you use zooms. Um, unless you're going to the same focal lengths, but like sometimes it's just, you know, you're running gun and you go like that. So instead of yeah. me moving forward or back, I usually use my feet. So if I'm like on an 85, I'll just move back more. And what you start to look for different things in video, um, with primes like you start to notice say you're shooting like tight like on a you know 55 or 85 you start to notice i don't have to get everything perfectly in the frame to tell the story because video you could mesh up clips yeah. like you get like her kind of looking down and just her eyes and then you could use your feet and move back and kind of get like you know like a chest up shot yeah. um where if you were to use just like a zoom lens like you might not think about those tight shots um so I think it's just, it gives you a different look and like, um, you know, I, I get requests from couples say they're like, you know, it just feels that your films feel different. It's just because I'm shooting on one prime. Yeah. There's another uh, person in the industry, her name is Fury Film. She's actually in Jersey and she shoots like all different primes, but like she sticks to that and she's on a tripod, mm. but she's very strict to it. And her shots and composition, like everyone would say it's like one of the best. It's just because she's just looking for those shots. Um, so it's like, it, it starts to become a certain style versus like, you know, if you shoot zooms, there's nothing wrong with it, but like, I just feel like it doesn't give you that unique look. Yeah. No, there's definitely some, I mean, I remember looking over some like, I think it was just like dancing stuff that you filmed yeah, and I was definitely. like, I was like, well, I was like, you're, you're definitely not shooting on uh 24 to 70 right there. <laughs> yeah. You can just tell like, it's like how, how I looked at it is like, instead of a lens trying to work within 24 to 70 it just has one objective yeah. it's just clean 50 yeah like i just got to get 35 or it's a 50 or 85 it's like it has one task and it's just focused on doing that task yeah i feel like finding your primes is like very important too yeah like i started to shoot on like a little bit and i use the q2 and it's like my wide lens and i have like a camera trap to put on to my side and it's like, since I shoot a lot of like, you know, 55, 85 mm -hmm. for like my like beauty shots and stuff and like just reaction shots and just getting people candidly, that 28 to have is another prime. It just gives me that wide look. And I think yeah. it stops out to like 1.7 mm -hmm. and it's just, it's like butter. So it's like to have the contrast when I need it for a solo shooter yeah. to like, just have a wide on my hip to just get it real quick to show the background. Like I, the first time I went to Italy, um, you know, I was in Florence, I was in the Dolomites. I'm like, most of my films, I use the 85 and occasionally establish a shot with the drone shot. I'm like, I can't do this in Florence. Like mm. you can't shoot everything on 85, you wouldn't know you're in Florence, <laughs> right? And it, like, unless you're like racking focus between like, you know, a cathedral yeah. and a couple, like I, I did that and it looks fine, but like sometimes you do need a wide shot to show where it is. So it kind of like broke my rules a little bit and got me into shooting a couple wide shots, mm. yeah. It was really interesting. I want to touch base on what made you make the jump from uh, shooting all studio work to doing your own business. And like what triggered you to be like, all right, I'm done with this. Uh, COVID. COVID switched everything. 
I feel like I really kind of was going into it in 2018 part-time for my own company. And then 2019 was good. And then 2020 happened. Um, and it was like, I was still like, kind of like halfway there. What happened, and it's not to knock any studio, but what happened is there were so many reschedules. And um, if you're a freelancer, you kind of commit to a date, like whatever, verbally. And um, what happened is all the dates started to get rescheduled. And the thing is, is I would already be booked for another date. So I, there's just no money to come in. Yeah. Because the studio would still have the deposit, but I wouldn't get any money. So I'm like, I got to work for myself because I'm relying on all these studios for everything. And there's no deposit for committing for a date. You only get paid in the wedding industry if you show up, if you're a freelancer, that you don't get paid before that. So that was the biggest struggle is, you know, these studios were fine, you know, because they have deposits and, you know, it's not that they were like thriving or whatever, but like, since they have a team of like five to six people, they could just put another freelancer if I'm double booked. Yeah. So I was like, I can't rely on them anymore. Mm. So that's what really made the push. I There was like countless hours of just like redesigning my, like my website, like during COVID being like, you know, I need to just make money again. Like yeah. I know yeah. this is gonna last forever. No, nobody knew with the pandemic, right? Yeah. It was like the wedding industry was kind of destroyed. Um, so it really pushed me. COVID was the best thing to happen to me, even though that year was really bad. Yeah. Like 2020, even 2021, it started to come back a little bit, but like there were still restrictions. But like the fact that I was relying on another person for dates and it's not that they took me off it. The couples would literally cancel because they're like, we can't have a wedding. Yeah. And, you know, the studio would just reschedule it. So it really pushed me to like redefine my business and be like, okay, well, if I start booking more for my own company and try to do this full-time, then, you know, I'll be able to keep the deposits even if we do reschedule. So at least I'll have some income coming through. And that was the biggest thing is like, just being like, I need to work for myself just because, you know, unfortunately the government didn't let you work. <laughs> like I, yeah, everybody was remote working. I'm not sure what you guys did, maybe some of the remote stuff, but it was, it was really hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that's really what pushed me is like the COVID thing is like, I can't rely on anyone yeah. else. And how did you get like the first, your first couples, right? Because like, I feel like the, the the studios, they feed you work, feed you work, they feed you work. Yeah. But the, getting your own couples and your own clients is a whole different beast. Sure. Um. Yeah, actually a lot through networking. Uh, photographers, wedding planners, Um. you know, some venues started to refer me and stuff. Um. I feel like word of mouth is huge in the industry, especially like photographers since, you know, a couple usually they get their venue, they get their photographer, and sometimes videographers last, sometimes it's not, but a lot of time it is. Yeah. Um, so it's like photographers, honestly, just like we going back to like, how do you work well with a photographer? It's like literally like helping them out, fall in their timeline, make sure they need their shots because connections are everything. Like not even in weddings, just everything. Connections yeah. are everything. I haven't used a resume. I don't use my <laughs> Rutgers degree going back there. Like nothing. It's all about connections. And then as of recently, like Instagram, a little bit of uh, marketing through there, or it's just like geotagging like venues or spots and just like, you know, tagging all the vendors and having like, you know, if the a makeup artist did the makeup, tagging them and then them reposting on the story. It's like, there's so many, you know, leads that can come through by just tagging other vendors. And if like, it's a florist and you did really pretty work and then the sneak preview or video that you created, you tag the florist and then repost it, another client 
could be falling the floors and find you through that. So it's like really just, I don't even think you need to spend too much money. Like there's, there's a couple websites where it's like, I pay for it because it aligns with the couples I want to like be filming and stuff. But like the wedding wire and the knot, like weren't like my client base at all. So I had to like re-establish that because I feel like for a lot of bigger studios, it's not that they rely on, you know, with the wedding wire or the knot, but it's a very general flow of yeah, clients. It's, it's a lot of leads that come in. Yeah, but it's like, I feel like for the price point that I was trying to hit and the couples and weddings I want to do, it's like I was getting zero bookings mm. through it. So I had to like rethink of like just like relationships and stuff. Yeah. And I feel like when people try to book through the knot or the wire, they're always looking at the cheapest price. Yeah. They yeah. probably have 20 tabs open, mm-hmm. you know, and all that stuff. And it's like for me, I'm getting people where it's like, you know, they're like, yeah, I searched for three days and there's 15 videographers and like, you know, I want you. Mm-hmm. So it's like going back to the whole style choice of like being p- super picky of how you film things and just like thinking outside the box, I think is huge. Um, Cause I get that a lot with couples that are like, yeah, we just, you're a hundred, hundred percent it. And that's a good feeling because I'm doing what I want to do and the couples want me versus just like, yeah, this looks nice and let's just go with that. What do you feel like the couples are gravitating towards? Like, is it your look, the way you work with couples? It's just, it's a very minimalistic approach. And it's like, I try to um, really just give you like that cinematic feel without making it too much of a production. So it's like all the time at weddings, like, uh, yeah, I have some tripods and stuff. I'm going handheld. My camera looks smaller, especially that baby Leica, than these photographers. So like during the day, people are like, can you take a photo of me? I'm like, I'm video. (laughs) So it's like they like that approach. (laughs) That's one thing. Just like this simplistic thing where I'm like, I focus on the candid moments and the people. I feel like that's a huge selling point versus being like, you know, we got to make it a production. Um, There's people that do want the production and there's other people that will do that. But for me, it's like trying to give you that candid, uh, just real experience versus, you know, trying to stage everything. Because I noticed with like, you know, corporate videography and stuff where it's like on a set design. Yeah, you could do that. And it's just like, you know, you'll have somebody that's on script and you have people with lighting and stuff with weddings, you're moving around so much that I just found it really hard to do it as a solo videographer. And most of the time, you know, some couples want it where it's like super, um, you know, orchestrated and they want like these really nice shots, but a lot of times they just want to get married. Yeah. And it's like, they don't know how to pose and they don't know how to do that. So that's a huge selling point. And then obviously like the work on top of that, but like, that's how I, I try to get people in is just like, really just like the style choice of, um, you know, I'm candid, minimalistic, and like, I will go off your photographer's timeline. It's just another check mark because, you know, it's, they they got to do so many vendors. They need a band. They need a photographer. They the venue. Yeah. And a lot of times, couples are doing it all at once. So it's like all this back and forth stuff. It's just like on the business side of it, just like looking at like I got married last year too. I'm like, if I had to go back and forth all this time and like, you know, with this videographer and all this planning and stuff, it's like it's too much for a lot yeah. of couples. They just don't want to deal with that. I know the day itself is just like hectic. It, it's hectic. It's so, a lot. There's times where like we've shot weddings and I'm like, it doesn't even look like anyone's enjoying yeah. themselves anymore. <laughs> oh yeah. It, <laughs> Cause you know, even I, you see that with couples and I'm like, you know, for me, if I see a couple kind of stressed out and they're doing too much like portrait stuff, like I'll just step back. I'm like, we'll get it during sunset or something, yeah. you know, where the light's better. I'm like, not too crazy about it because yeah. with photo, you need set shots in general. Cause you have to deliver a gallery and stuff with yeah. video. 
there's the in-between moments um, where you can get them just walking together and they don't even, it's not even a portrait session, but it looks candid because they're enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you you know, I need at least a little time with the couple, but like yeah. if I see it, like I'm like, where they're stressed out or it's like it's too hot out, I'm not going to force you to be out there because it's your wedding day. Now I'm, now I'm trying to change something. So that's a huge selling point and people really love that. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're there to make the couple happy. You know what I mean? If they don't want it to shoot, they don't want to shoot. I feel like, I feel like sometimes photographers force it. They're like, all right, now we got to go sunset. Now we got to go outside at nighttime. And, yeah. you know? and it goes back to what we talked about when you first start, how you get into that routine. And that's actually really bad in my opinion is like just doing the same things. Like, oh, I have to get this walking shot with the gimbal. Like, or it's, I have to get during prep, like the yeah. bride touching her dress. Like I will never do that because they don't want to do it. And it's not something they would do on their wedding day. They're not going up to their dress and look at it to this, like that one, you know, that one shot. Yeah. Like I can't stand it. They don't want to do it. But it's like, it's part of their shot list because that's what their most videographers are taught what to do. Instead, I'm like, let's just get you candidly. Yeah. And the thing is, when you're looking for those candid moments, you're, you might get a shot that's super candid of just like the bride, like, you know, getting the dress off the hanger and it looks a hundred times better because it's something she wanted to do. But if you're if you're too um, focused on scripted shots, you forget about everything else. You're kind of like handcuffed yeah. to everything else. Like for us, like we definitely do get those type of shots at times. And like you can definitely tell when like you're like, let's go up to the dress, touch it. And, and like, you can feel it. And they're almost just like, you could feel the awkwardness. Yeah, yeah they're, they're like, how do I do this? And I'm like, you do it how you would do it. Yeah. But it's, it's like understandable. Like most of like, say for a two person crew, like I'll go with like, the groom yeah and I'm, I'm always like introduce myself sure and simplify this whole thing down to yeah. where like he's not worried about oh my god the physics because it's always the photographer who's gonna over in my, my opinion <laughs> bring the most yeah. stress to the couple especially the most times the groom like the groom really just yeah. wants to get married and get to the oh, reception yeah, doesn't give a shit at all part of it five minutes so i'm like literally like listen the photographer's gonna do what he does with you i'm just gonna ask yeah. for like a little a little moment in there but i'm like for the most part i'm just a fly on the wall just grabbing all those yeah. grabbing all those moments i and i see like too much that videographers try to shoot like photographers that's why it's like kind of my secret too of like that you see them like you guys shoot weddings and it's like you follow them around like puppy dogs and it's like it's completely fine to do that but you know when the bridal party is doing those shots you're, they're not looking at the camera so it just, it looks very like staged, yeah. you know, the shots because it's staged for photo. Yeah. And then there's a flash going off too. It's like, you just look like you're like, like the B team. Like yeah. that's just what the footage looks like. In my yeah. And I, and I feel too like, oh, it's so, I don't know if this is just me, but like, do you ever feel like the couple, like maybe through like studio work, the couple doesn't feel like you're working as hard because you're not directing as much? Um, You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. I could definitely see that. Um. I guess it just, I guess with studio work, they, they might ex- expect it, you know, because they're like, oh, we got to get to like this dramatic. It depends on the couples. Like, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're at a venue that's like very, you know, ballroom esque and like some of those brides expect like those sweeping dramatic, everything dramatic shots. Yeah. So it's like, you just have to do that based off what the studio does. Yeah. But then, you know, as I freelance for other people and like, there's there's studios that are like no don't like use the gimbal don't do it any of that stuff mm-hmm. and it's like kind of more of my style and stuff and um you know I guess it just depends on the couples because I've I've done 
the very like Jersey weddings, I'd say, <laughs> just mm-hmm. for, the, for the word of it. And like very ballroom ass chandelier. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, but like I feel like it's more they expect it because mm-hmm. it's what's on their website. And then like, you know, like even doing weddings in Italy, they don't expect any of that. It's just like getting them like in the moment and just like being a fly on the wall and just like getting how it actually was versus trying to make something and direct it. Um, like for, for me for directing, it's like walk here or stand here or look at each other because that looks natural yeah. all the time. Yeah. All the time. Um, so there's a tiny bit of directing, but it's not like, you know, place your hand here and then look into her eyes and, you know, cause they don't really know how to do that. Like, it's just going to feel weird. Cause they're like, am I doing this right? And yeah. if you hear that, then it's probably going to look weird. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So for me, it's just more like, you know, everyone could walk together. Everyone can look at each other and it's going to look more natural. So it's really just that approach versus, you know, try to really direct it. And there's people that direct it. It looks amazing. But the thing is the couple knows that they're signing up for that. Yeah. It's going to be a production. Mm-hmm. The bridal party's in on it. That's how all their friends are. They want this directed thing where it's like this hype video. Mm-hmm. And um, that's cool too. Yeah. You know, there's people that do like Fire and Ice does it. Um, and the, they're like worldwide and they absolutely crush it. If you saw one of their videos, you're like, this is crazy, but it's it's a production. It's like the guy, like the videographer is directing and he's getting everybody hyped. And it's like this huge thing. Um, but, you know, again, when you're solo shooting and, you know, the couple didn't sign up for that, it's you can't do that. Definitely. So, I mean, yeah, the couple definitely, you know, like, I mean, there's some teams out there that are pulling up to a wedding five ten people oh yeah like, those couples know exactly what yeah. like they they want a movie basically. have you ever seen the guy with the easy rig with the, uh, yeah, the, yeah the easy rig at the weddings have you oh yeah that? yeah it's too much dude i'm gonna name drop justin porter media he has that big yeah that's, that's, that's it yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. just in jersey i was just hanging out with him uh yeah so it's like a completely different you know vibe of yeah. what you're trying to go for and the couples yeah. they want that they want it where it's like uh exactly. that huge production yeah. and stuff they want to um, flex on everyone <laughs> yeah, they, they they know what the crew's gonna be like. Yeah, they probably saw that and was like, "Oh, that TikTok guy love to have." Oh, and it's awesome. <laughs> it's like the it's like the energy and stuff. Um, so yeah, you, it's kind of like you know what you're signing up for. So it's like yeah. there's so many different. I was just thinking about this too. There's so many different markets in the wedding industry of like what you could try to hit. Like I started to do more black and white work mm-hmm. with like shooting with like monochrome only cameras. Yeah, and now I'm getting brides at one editorial look. That's what they call it, mm-hmm. and. I really love shooting black and white. So it's like um, going into like just straight black and white. Now I'm getting couples that are more into fashion and just have a different, not even like fashion, but they just know their vision for the wedding day versus of just like, you know, not that, you know, weddings can be generic because if you do so many, you start to see it, but it's like, they tell me their vision and they're like, everything matches. Like their photographer matches me just because I'm shooting a certain way. So I feel like whatever you put out there is what you're going to attract. Do you have any tips on um, couples for when they pick wedding videographers? Um, yeah. Uh, see who's actually going to be filming your wedding. Um, if it's a smaller company, you know, like my company, like I'm going to be the one at your wedding day. Yeah. Bigger studios, um, know. you never know. It's kind of like, because it's a lot of freelancers. Yeah. Um, and the stuff that's on their website, it could be outdated. And then you're just the new guy they hired because they triple booked that weekend. And it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and a lot of couples don't know this. Um, you know, it's like, who's going to be doing your edits too. Um, a lot of studios, you know, they have to do X amount of weddings to get where they want to be. So it's like, 
um, really just knowing who your videographer is. And it's like, yeah, it's going to take some time for the couple to like yeah. kind of vet that. Um, but just like really trying to figure out who's filming my wedding and what their style is too. I feel like it's super important. Like we just mentioned, is it more staged? Is it more posed? Is it more candid? And I think those questions would really help dictate kind of how your wedding day will be. Mm-hmm. Just like really vetting your people and just like seeing, you know, reviews, go go to their Instagram and see uh, who tagged them in posts and who, they're, who they work with. Like, yeah. you know, even like anyone can write a review, but like tags from different vendors and stuff and people being, you know, you got to see and look at comments under their like posts and stuff. And see that it's actual couples that are like, yeah. oh my God, I love your work. Or the couples are resharing their work because those are the real reviews, in my opinion. Damn. Is there anything you learned from the studios um, business wise that you kind of carried onto your business? Um, that's a good question. Um, trying to think because it's, it's a completely different model because a lot of the studios they're doing, I say at the minimum around 50 weddings a year. Minimum. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. very minimum. And you, your prices still have to be higher. And I'm, I'm right around 25. I'm trying to get it down a little bit lower, but 25 is like a sweet spot right now. So it's like a completely different business model. Like for me, and then there, there's even like the people that are doing 10 weddings a year that are charging like eight grand to 12 grand plus, like that's a completely different business model too of like what you have to look at. So like, yeah, I feel like the studios that are doing a lot quantity it's like they need like the venues to be reaching out to them and it's like a lot of it's like referral based um based off like um you know couples that they already did and like bridesmaids that were friends of them um for me it's it still has that referral base of like the inside i feel like the inside network is important because i'm um, you start to see past brides friends that start to book you too if you do a good job mm-hmm. um so yeah, it's it's just a completely different business model versus like yeah. I don't I don't know if things really correlate too much. I guess of just like breaking down how you sell to people. But I never really asked them about how they sell or their pricing. Yeah, you know, like one thing you could do is like reach out to somebody and pretend to be a pretend yeah, to be somebody's yeah. your competition. I'm sure like you know every industry does it. Yeah. So that's one way of doing it. But um, you know, I think the most important thing is customer experience because it's like you literally have to be perfect yeah. on the wedding day so it's like making sure everything's on time making sure you respond within 24 hours and just really um give them the kind of white glove experience and as you go up in price it's really you just have to be perfect yeah. so it's like any type of like thing that they need or just like recommendations it's like yeah. they expect at that price point for you to like have those referrals and like you, you just know what they do. They hire you and they trust you to do your job yeah. and that's it. Um, so at least that's like kind of like where I'm at with like the price bracket where it's like, I don't know if, if you're doing quantity with studios, it's like, I think it's just like making sure um, quality control is yeah. perfect because they're doing so much and it's like, you know, I've seen studios where it's like, you know, day of, it's just like they're scrambling to get somebody. Yeah. You know, so it's just like let's just get it clean and get it done. Yeah. It's just cuz they're they're doing so much. It's it's hard to keep track. So um, you know, the one thing I did realize is just because you're doing more weddings doesn't mean you're making more money cuz then you got to open up a studio, then you got to start to pay an employee, then you got to pay workers comp. So it's like the more people you involved, 
it doesn't mean you're making more money. Mm. Yeah. I think that's like something I really took from like bigger people too. Cause I, they actually told me when they were small, they were like, yeah, I was actually making more money. But now it's like, they have like this like well-oiled machine where people like shoot for them and stuff. And yeah, it's more passive, but it's also more stress. Mm. And it's like, there's so much more to make that go right. And then like one little yeah. hiccup in this industry could be it. And I feel like when you're like solo shooting and you hire a small studio, you know that their heart's going to be in it, right? If you hire a huge studio, they can give a fuck if one wedding, you know yeah. what I mean, goes yeah. astray. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, for me, it's, I get to know my couples a little bit more. You know, not everyone's for that, like where they want to get to know their people. But I feel like for something that you're going to have longer than your first house, for like your video, your wedding video, you'll have forever. You're going to have it longer than, you know, for your car like all that stuff like you're gonna have that forever like that file it's like something you shouldn't just like second guess or like yeah. leave up to chance i've seen people do it um regret it they regret it yeah because it's you know back to like how i shoot and stuff it's like i have to be perfect and i can't redo the bride coming down the aisle just how like you know if you go with somebody you don't really know and it's just like oh we're on a budget you know, chances are you'll still get an okay video and you'll get everything in focus. But like I've seen it even on like TikTok and stuff mm-hmm. of like, oh my God, like this guy's the stuff on his website didn't correlate to this. And like, it was all out of focus and it, it went viral. It had like hundreds of thousands of likes and like she did like reply videos and stuff. It just didn't really get to know the videographer. And I feel like for me, like I will not book somebody just based on like going text. Like we have to either get on a phone call but I prefer video chat, just see if we're the right fit too. So as you, you know, start to do weddings, maybe at just like a higher quality and stuff, um, you start to want to see if you guys are the right fit with the couple. Not just, I'll, I'll take on anybody. It's just, if you're the right fit and your vision aligns with mine, first of all, I'm going to want to go to your wedding and do everything. But if you love my work too, it's going to be like this um, harmony, Yeah, you know, where it's really hard just when you start out, you just take everything. But once you start to really get the, like the ball rolling, you get to couples that have the same vision as you and the videos turn out better too. So it's like your work gets better too. 100%. Yeah. And now you're, now you're traveling the world, going to Italy, going to the West coast. Yeah. How did you get into shooting destination weddings? And like, what are some tips for someone who wants to get into shooting destination? Weddings? Yeah. I mean, so it's so funny. So there's, this is like something I'm really trying to focus on too, just like a couple of destination weddings a year. Um, I was just talking to my buddy, uh, Sunlit Films. He's in Hawaii. I met him at um, this videography like seminar. And um, he wants to do a New York wedding. I want to do a Hawaiian wedding. So we're going to give each other a wedding. So it's like, you know, you have to understand that somebody in Hawaii, New York is a destination wedding. Or we pass every day. We're like, I don't want to go to New York and film a wedding. They <laughs> oh, want, no. they want. <laughs> or Philly. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're Definitely <laughs> not Philly. Yeah. But so, shout out all our Philly clients. So they... <laughs> They want that, the buildings. There's no buildings in Hawaii, man. It's just all palm trees and waves. Yeah. So he's like, I want the cool shadows on the buildings. I want like this. So it's a destination one to him. And for him, Hawaii is obviously so beautiful. But for me, there's nothing like that in Jersey. What, like going to like Point Pleasant, you know, <laughs> like it's not the same at all. So networking with other people that kind of have a similar vision. So if they're double booked, you might, yeah, have to take a slight price cut to meet that person's, uh, you know, price. Yeah. But now you have a destination wedding in your portfolio. So you have to think about, like, even somebody in Ireland. Like, we have Jersey. Like, people want to go to New York really bad. So if yeah. you get an inquiry, you just swap with them. Mm-hmm. So that's one way of doing it. 
another way is um just kind of you know doing things a little bit cheaper um at first to get that portfolio underneath you and then um just seeing it as an opportunity like i'm still doing that even though i'm pretty much fully booked even for next year since i need to do business write-offs and stuff like that sometimes i'll do like you know in more of a stylized shoot just to get a certain look i want for like a couple that i want to do in the future like amalfi coast is on my bucket list haven't done that yet um so it's like i would 100 percent do a shoot there um so i think you need to think as a wedding filmmaker of like what do i want to shoot and showcase it on your website yeah i think that's like the like one of the most important things that like people kind of forget about in this industry it's like well i don't have anything to show for it it's like you can yeah you you might have to sacrifice some of your time a little bit sacrifice the money that's coming into your pocket but there's everything there's so many opportunities out there to shoot it was like the other day like i wanted to do a watch video and like i literally just put time aside to to do that and then everyone's like oh did you do this for them are you going to send it to them and it's like yeah well now now i have it in my portfolio that if someone's like we have a watch company and we love a 15 second ad it's like boom it's right here for you like yeah we we can recreate it for you yeah you got to make the opportunity happen to yourself even how successful you are yes if you see that there's a value in it like for certain couples too like if i know i mean the first time i went to italy um their wedding was in florence but they were just traveling italy before that so i took five days out of my time they paid for all the travel and stuff for those extra five days for the wedding because i saw their vision and i really liked the couple and now it's like this sick like travel like italy film where i followed them and i i saw the value in it you know uh versus somebody where it's like no i have to get paid three thousand a day just to follow you there's no way they would have ever gone for that and i wouldn't have had that opportunity and since i did that i've landed a bunch more italy weddings because i saw the value in it and it's like a lot of people um it depends what you're going for though like if you just want money you could just stay in jersey like you could you could do two or three but like for me it's like a, a that european look is like something i really enjoy and i'm at the point where i want to travel to so you, i think it's just everybody's different you got to think about your own goals and what you want to hit yeah you know and i, and I think it's really important too yeah it's, it's it's important to do like the the, the cheaper work but once you have that under your portfolio, I think it's, you have to price yourself strategically because if you price yourself too low, it just fucks up the entire market for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I mean, there's always going to be people that do it Cheap. for cheaper. Right. Yeah. And it's like, again, like even I, you know, did it, I'm just like pay for my travel. I mean, they paid, you know, for the wedding day and stuff, but like, um, the days before I saw the value in it and there's going to be even people with me where I'm like, I hit my goals for that year that will do it because yeah that couple was right and now it's like ever since it landed me so much more going back to italy which i really enjoy so you know it's you you gotta think about your own goals and like go from there like i worked with this other photographer recently and like i was like hey do you ever like go out to italy and stuff he's like yeah i get inquiries for all he's like i don't want to do it anymore but he has two kids and he's 38 now and like he he makes a killing around here and he doesn't want to do that anymore so it's like it sounds really cool to do destination weddings, but it's just also a certain time in my life where it makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? Everybody has different goals. It's like, I, th- I was talking to this other photographer too, and it's like the husband, um, he works full time and makes enough money for everyone. So she could start doing higher end weddings yeah. because 
the only you can't do higher end weddings because it's a waiting game. But if you already have an income to fall back on, like you know, like your partners, then you can start charging money. And now she's charging like eight, nine grand a wedding, like easily. But it's she couldn't just do that starting off because yeah. you need an income to fall behind. So I feel like a lot of stuff in this industry is subjective of like where you want to hit. Cause like I feel like a lot of courses are like, how to book this client, how to book and it's just yeah. it's not realistic. Like what if that person, you know, had all this money saved up or they have so, another income to fall back on yeah. and then I I could charge ten grand too and do, you know, maybe only six or seven weddings, but then it's kinda like risky to just like play that waiting game. Yeah. Where if I had something to fall back on, you know, I would I yeah. would do that. That's why it's important to like you can see what everyone else is doing, how they're going about their business, but at the end of the day, it's like, what are you going to be happy with? Yeah. What, like, what are your goals and aspirations and things? Cause you know, people might look at you like, oh, he's traveling. He went to Florence and yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I mean, like we have people sometimes like, give us shit for not, you know, we didn't tell them to come to a shoot, but it's not always what it's chalked up to be. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's shoots where, you know, we might be taking a hit on something because we want to have it's like the same thing like having something to show for it yeah um i feel like the value and opportunity has to be there and like you know it it kind of has a polarizing effect too like there's some couples that are like oh my god you're in italy and like i have this one couple it's like i returned like a month later ago and she was like bragging to all the girls and like the whole day was just like oh yeah matt shoots in italy so it's like it does have some type of pull but at the end of the day it's like you know, I, I put myself in that situation where I'm yeah. like, you know, I think this would complement my work and style very well. Exactly. So, um, you know, it's it's definitely cool. But again, like there's people that don't do it. There's people that do do it. Yeah. Um, I just had an inquiry to go to Spain, but I'm already booked. And yeah. Send over my way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that would have been really cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's, I think it's just, it's, it depends on everybody's, people don't talk about financials it's just like this like iffy subject in the industry but like oh my god yeah you know the reason this person is charging so much money is maybe maybe they do mentorship and a course and they have that to fall back on and yeah you could charge 15k but it's hard to get there you yeah. know because everyone is always thinking like how can i raise my price and it's like you don't know what the person already has to be able to get that stream of like it, it takes momentum to yeah. start to charge that much money in this industry how many weddings do you think you've done? When I was freelancing, I was doing just like total. Oh man, I, I what I started in twenty sixteen. It's twenty twenty three. How many years is that? Seven. Seven. So I don't know, well over five six hundred. And what do you think when you had your own? You recently got married. Congrats. Yeah, thank you, thank you. As, and how did that have changed your opinion on your own wedding and like how did your wedding kind of play out too yeah that's a good question um and a lot of couples actually they love that approach where i'm like hey this i got married and you know this is what i saw um for me it was like the same approach of like how kind of i run my business of like i just want people that will do a good job and just get me candidly and just like give me a nice product and i wanted to just be about us on the wedding day so it's like that's how i wanted it versus like this huge production i'm like yeah I know you guys are talented and stuff, but like it was in the middle of summer and super hot. It was really hot that day. So it's like we took breaks and stuff. I feel like if it was like this huge production, I just wouldn't enjoy the wedding day as much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Were you jaded towards ha even having a wedding or were you like, fuck it, I'm just going to have a wedding because I. Um, looking back at it, you know, we 
and this is what a lot of couples do. It's because of family members where they do it locally. I wish initially we want to do a destination wedding in Ireland. Um, but just because of COVID and stuff. And at the time Ireland had like all these restrictions, yeah. it kind of swayed us away from it. And then things started to open up in Jersey and there was less actually restrictions here. So we booked a venue. It was still awesome. Like we had like close friends and like family that were able to make it like grandparents. Um, but we kind of swayed off based off like family and friends. And that's yeah. kind of what happens sometimes. Um, and you know, I feel like a destination wedding would have been more of like us as a couple of like what we wanted. So, um, I think, you know, couples should like really just do exactly what they want, Yeah, you know, because there's going to be even people you invite that like you won't show up. And like, you know, I was, I just went to a destination wedding in Mexico and, um, the people that want to be there for you will be there, especially if it's us and it's going to exactly. feel like they're yeah. people. It's like an understanding when you do a destination wedding too, like you got to understand that it's, it's a destination Like you're asking people to travel a long distance away to go somewhere for you. So like, I remember the one I went to, like the best man was like stuck in Florida cause like the, the airport got flooded out. Oh wow. He showed up like the morning of the wedding and like the groom is like, you know, it's adding on to his stress, but at the same time he's like, it is what it is. Like yeah. you kind of have to have that mentality doing a destination wedding. Like we're here because we want to be here. It's, it, yeah. It's a lot of like chance. Like the ones I've done in Italy, they're not going to Italy before to plan it unless they have a lot of money. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, they're just banking on like, you know, a wedding coordinator, uh, that knows the area with the yeah. food. They're not tasting the food. Like a lot of these Jersey, like New York, they're testing the food beforehand. Yeah. You're seeing the space. They're not doing that. Like, so it's like just really trust in the process more yeah. and just kind of going with it. And I feel like um, those couples are more chill if something does go wrong because, like, you're in another country, yeah. you're in their culture now. So it's like yeah. you have to adapt to that and just trust that, like, this is how they're going to deliver the food. This is, you know, the wine that they drink. Yeah. Um, so it's more, I feel like those couples are more carefree. And if something happens on the wedding day, it's like, yeah, you're trying to make it be perfect, but it's, it's just like you're thousands of miles away yeah. <laughs> from what you're used to. So you got to let the chips fall where they should. Definitely. It's just a completely different approach than closer weddings where I, I actually see couples more stressed out because it's like now it's like you have to cater to everybody. It's yeah. more of like I see that more. They're trying to cater to their 200 guest list of like, you know, which with there, there's nothing wrong with that, but like. I feel like it's just more of you're you're trying to cater to everyone else versus you two getting married. Yeah, you need to do it for yourself. At the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's hard to do that, especially when you have grandparents that can't travel. Like for us, like I wanted my grandparents there; they couldn't go to Ireland. Yeah. So it also came down to that. You, you got married at Perona, right? Yeah, the refinery. It was just at Perona. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. It was just like super easy, like laid back. Like, yeah. They yelled at him for wearing a black t shirt. <laughs> really? <laughs> it was funny because, like, JT and I, I mean, like, for the most part, like, maybe I'll toss on a blazer sometimes, but it's coming off anyways. Yeah. Um, And I'm wearing my normal wedding fit. I've worn it to, I mean, Perona Farms is a really nice place. But yeah. Been to nicer places. And, yeah, it's very casual. It's, so, yeah. JT and I, we're literally, like, Perona's good too because, like, they'll have someone there to make sure you're on schedule with things yeah. and um perfect like no issue with anything and as soon as the ceremony was done the 
the planner or whatever of Perona Farms comes up to us. It's like, hey, you guys have any weddings booked here the rest of the year? And JT and I look at each other like, oh, maybe he wants to book us or something. Or, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, so there's like a dress code. He's like, <laughs> that's great. I didn't know that. And I was like, code. I was like, you were with us all day long. Yeah. And you, you had the chance to ask us if we had yeah. anything else to wear. Like I did too in my car. Like I, I always bring like backup. Oh yeah, just in like, case. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was just like, oh, that's, that's so funny. The was, couples could have cared I less. I think it was, yeah, the West Mount. If you didn't wear like a blazer or jacket, you're, you weren't allowed to go to cocktail hour. Oh, that's crazy. And it's just like, yeah. you know, the, it was, it was just like this whole thing. So it's a, I think dress code like weddings. It's just like like you mentioned, like it's good to have a jacket. Um, it just depends what you're going for. Like I always try to ask the the couple. I'm like, are you trying to go for like black tie or yeah. just like is it more casual? Exactly. But yeah, it's it's really hard when you're in a suit and it's hard to be uh, moving around. Yeah, you, you got to be agile. I'm the, yeah, I'm the guy with the gimbal. Yeah, all day. so it's so, like, a lot of movement. We were in Philly, and I'm like, I must have burned Sweat. like two thousand calories. In the middle of the summer, trying to be creative when it's hot and yeah. wearing a suit is really hard. So like exactly. during like the portrait session, sometimes I'll just yeah, and then throw, throw it back on once we go inside. That's why like I, I like look like I'm like kind of looking around, and I'm like, like we're like we're, we're a team. We're just in the same exact thing, like. It's almost like, what do you expect? Like, yeah. we're, it's like, we're, we're doing so much, like photographer, like, yeah, like obviously it's a little bit easier to dress up nicer. Yeah. Even that day I was upset because the photographer wasn't, she was, uh, she was female, but like she wasn't wearing anything different than what we were wearing. Yeah. It was just they like. They probably can't say anything to a female because they can't wear like a They suit. couldn't tell whether it was like right. a nice it's just like <laughs> somewhat nice like dress shoe or whatever. Exactly. But, but you um, know what's crazy? I started to notice when I was freelance, I'm like, why are these DJs stylizing on every videographer? Yeah. Like they're all in suits. They all look like. But they're all inside. Cold. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. true. That's true. <laughs> so like I started, I mean, especially for my own company now, it's like I always wear a suit and stuff yeah. for the formalities, just like showing up. Um, and it's not just to look a certain way for a venue. It's so I blend in to yeah. be more candid yeah. because I actually look like a wedding guest. Definitely. Now, if, if I just have a small camera, I could hide it real quick. It's black. Definitely. My suit's black. Hide it. Yeah. Now I kind of blend in with the crowd, get more candid shots. So mm. for me, it's like, yeah, you do look better and stuff. But like yeah. you also, once you start to blend in with everybody, you're going to get more candid shots. Yeah. Mm. So it's something to think about too. 100%. Keep that in yeah. mind. You want to hop into rapid fire? Definitely. Right, rapid so, fire. Yeah, so we uh, do a segment on our show where we just spit some rapid fire questions at you. Okay. All right. All you right. Go first. Uh, favorite Jersey wedding venue? Ooh. Uh, Botello. It's in Jersey City. Mm. I'm there a lot. It's over <laughs> in New York City. It's great. What's the best wedding shoes to wear? That's so subjective. Uh, Clark's? For videographers. Uh, I'd say Clark's. Clark's. Pretty good. Yeah. Best best um meal that you've been served oh um that's always like a it might be a patello too because really? um patello has it was a restaurant first Ooh. so restaurants kind of and then switch into wedding venues they, they know where it's at with the food and you say you do work there often a lot so they like they, they probably up. make sure like we gotta make no, sure it's like it's, it's it's you know it's so funny there's this page it's called like something vendor meals i don't i don't know the exact thing but they submit to it and it's like people like the worst because it's like sometimes even though the couple's paying for the uh the vendor meals you don't get what the guests are getting even though you're considered a guest yeah so it's like uh there's there's they'll they'll give you the cheapest option to save money yeah what's the worst uh meal you got 
Ooh, I don't know. Oh, it was one down the shore, but it was like, it was only like pork and it just wasn't cooked <laughs> at all. It just unedible. Oh. And it's like, I always tell like vendors and stuff, like you eat during cocktail hour. Cause like the dinner is hit or miss. If you've never been to the venue, mm. like cocktail hour is the time to like get your food in. Joe munches oh, down. I, I munch for sure. <laughs> you have to. I've been working all day. This dude, dude, by the time dancing's going on, you need to take at least out ten of. minutes out because, like, you don't know if the food's going to be good during dinner. Stuff your face. And they might have the toast during dinner, and you and then your food's cold. Yep. Mm. So hundred um, percent. What was the first camera that you shot with? Oh, uh, the first Sony A six thousand. Top three wedding photographers, in your opinion top three um let's see i like how matt doesn't doesn't give a fuck about was it we had a wedding dj on here and he just wouldn't he wouldn't break he'd be like oh i work with too many people there is a lot of good people um i'd say the the person i got mentored by uh mm -hmm. philip white he's in the uk he would probably be just because i got a lot of inspiration from him yeah um and just you know that type of style Vanessa um, Joy. No, I'm <laughs> I worked with her. She's great. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I just feel like people that have like a certain style and um, mm -hmm. just don't shoot like everybody else. Yeah. Those yeah. are the people I like. I really like photographers that um, there's a couple that I'm starting to work with. Uh, there's a girl named Tess in Philly and she shoots some on film too. It's like, I just feel like film and just like giving it like a different type of look and just, 100%. You know, kind of like breaking the boundaries a little bit. Those are yeah. the people that I like versus just like super clean and like, you know, stage imposed. I like people that like where you can see like character in the imagery mm -hmm. and like they're not afraid to shoot something out of focus and like try to yeah. tell a story that way. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think who else. One too. more. I don't know. You don't it's know. all good. We can move on to the next yeah. one. Yeah. I, oh. I feel like two is good though. Like what, what do you pull inspiration from? Um actually not other wedding filmmakers. I don't like watching wedding films. Um, a lot of photography work actually, um, you know, just seeing how they shoot it. Um, I feel like that's more important, um, than anything, mostly photographer photography and yeah. like not even cause like movies, it's just like set design and stuff. You can't control that. Yeah. So I, I look at it. I'm like, the lighting's really nice. And it's like you get inspiration, but you might be a little bit disappointed when the room doesn't look anything <laughs> yeah. like that. So I feel like photographers I get the most inspiration from. And like, um, you know, a lot of um, there's uh, Peter Lindbergh. He's he used to be he used to shoot a lot of like black and white stuff. Mm -hmm. I started to like buy his like books and stuff. Um, some of the a lot of fashion books oh. I, I get inspiration from. Um, a lot of like the Dior, um, like photo shoots are really just like yeah. interested in how they do it and just like how they're just like, it doesn't have to be a perfect photo. It's just, there's, there's, it could have, you know, either depth dimension to it, it could be out of focus. It could just be like half the face, yeah. like just stuff like that versus of just like looking at the clean like stuff. Um, for me, it's like, I like to see photographers that like to shoot through glass reflections shoot through foreground mm. and stuff like that i don't like the stuff where it's just like pose look at each other hold their arm and look at each other like yeah. i can't i can't relate to that anymore because mm. i feel like there's just nothing to it um 
so yeah i'd say a lot of as of recently more fashion editorial type stuff yeah. and just like i worked with this girl her name is oh i guess number three uh kelly tob hey. i don't know if i'm if i'm pronouncing that right but she she's a fashion photographer in new york and she dabbles into weddings and mm. i worked with her and the bride found her individually and me individually based on our styles yeah and just the way she sees light and you know she she, she shoots on film too yeah um it was just so eye-opening to see them shoot differently because they're not in the wedding world yeah. they're in this fashion editorial they're trying to give it a certain look um and you know she's gotten featured in vogue and like she does all this fashion like these with these actors and stuff and her perspective on things are just so different mm. and it, it just made me look into like more like you know designer like fashion shoots because it's just like they're they're trying to make you feel something mm. versus like like that's their job as like you know an editorial fashion photographer yeah. what's one thing a wedding vide videographer shouldn't do um that's a no-no I know one. What's yours? Yeah, what's yours? Oh, I mean, I'm just thinking of not. A, I mean, when we were on a wedding, and the photographer formatted her card right after the ceremony, <laughs> and her first oh thing was her first thing was to go beeline straight to a the computer. mom that was next to the groom and tell the mom. And it was like I just formatted all of the pictures, but then so if something goes wrong, you just you you take it in and then you you got to think about it first and reevaluate. Like I've never had that happen, but like yeah. that's something you just she don't got, do. she got him back too, and like she's like she literally spent like two yeah. hours just like she came up to us. She was Crying. like, "This has probably never happened to you before," and like. Okay, probably not. You but don't like, take your cards out. You make sure you have cards that work the whole entire time. Because yeah. like, even just like hot swapping yeah. cards, misplacing. I've I've seen people do that. Yeah. Um. So I think just have enough storage. Um. I mean, those are yeah. just like the basic fundamentals. But, um. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Can you repeat the question? Was it? So what's the what's one uh, thing a wedding videographer should oh, do? Oh, I I really dislike on camera dance floor lights. Oh, that's use the worst. a light stand. Oh, people do that. Oh, yeah, on top on camera lights. <laughs> I've never I saw seen it that. recently. A photographer had it the whole time. That's so. And crazy. it was like it had like a green tint to it, and like she would just come by and it create shadows and stuff. I'm oh, like, man. I had two lights up and it was perfect. Yeah. Um, you know, to give it a certain look, but like, yeah, on camera lights, yeah. I just feel like. It's very, no it's very like dance floor club. -ish. Yeah, it's almost like the on person like interviews yeah. style type of things. Yeah, I think that's uh, kind of cringe. Um, I mean, there's so much, but like, it's just like I don't want to give away like too many like secrets. <laughs> but like some people are just like okay with like bad lighting, and just like obviously you can't control it really during the ceremony. It's just it is what it is yeah. if you're outside. But like the times you can control it for like the first dance and toast like. I feel like some people just like don't care about their lighting as much. And like, yeah. I feel like those are the things you could actually change to like enhance your films. Um, just like bad lighting. And like, I feel like during like the, the shots when the bride's in the dress, there's a lot of times where you can control the natural light and people will just have like the overhead lights on and it'll yes, be so garbage so. in the background yeah. or like a Sprite bottle and they'll just like shoot it and you'll see in the film. It's like, for me, it's like, I have a little bit of OCD with that. I'm like, if my background looks bad, I'm going to change that if I can 100%. control it. Yeah. That's why he so, shoots primes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's true. You could frame things out yeah, easier yeah. with primes. Yeah. 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 I, I hate the freaking when uh, videographers have the uh, roller tripod. 
Oh, <laughs> that's old school. That is super old I'm school. I'm like, don't be rolling that shit across the fucking dance floor. <laughs> that's yeah. Um, piece of advice you would give your younger self? Just in general. In general. Yeah. Probably just uh, where you're at is probably okay, and don't be so hard on yourself. Mm. Um, you know, because everyone has certain goals, and it's just like I feel like, um, you know, as of recently, like I've, I hit my goals already, and as far as sales. Um, previous to my last sales and like I've been you know traveling and stuff and I sometimes I think I'm like I'm still not where I want to be but like to like so many other people that are like you're like Can't amazing like yeah. all that stuff so it's like I feel like um, even right now sometimes I could be too hard on myself mm. with things and it's like trying to chase perfection um, so if I was younger um, maybe just like being like okay you're you're doing everything right you know and you know but at the same time it's like this this balance of like if you're if you become too stagnant then how do you yeah. grow mm. it's like but sometimes just like taking a step back and being like work isn't everything you know what i mean and just trying to enjoy life mm. proper balance yeah 100 work and it's not t it's it's hard because you're creating your own business you're creating your own hours exactly. and it's like at first you're just like work 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 and you start to forget about everything like I used to freelance so many weddings. I didn't have weekends. And all of a sudden, all my close friends that work in nine to fives, they want to hang out on the weekend. I didn't realize I was, you know, not hanging out with them. Cause yeah. I was just like, that was my weekends were gone. Um, so really just taking back and realize that the money will come and just like enjoying life. Yeah. And when, uh, if people want to book you, if couples want to book you or see any more of your work, where they can, where can they find more about you? Yeah. So, uh, my company, it's Matt Alt Films, uh, my website too. Um, on Instagram and stuff, just reach out on the contact form um, and then see if we have your date open. That's it. Awesome. And is there a quote that you want to leave us off with to that camera? I guess from the person I got mentored by, Philip White, he said, uh, you can't paint a masterpiece when you're wearing handcuffs. Matt Ald, everybody. Cool. Cool. Oh, that was good.